get ready to strap on your boots. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode, I have Marissa Schwartz from DrRissy.com, and she is an entrepreneur, and we're going to be talking today about how to make your online presence boost your business. Thanks for coming to the show. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And when people talk about online presence, and obviously that, that means like, you know, blog posts and websites and marketing through social media, possibly a podcast or a YouTube channel. What exactly do you think is the first step to creating an online presence if you don't know much about doing that? Uh, it depends on your goals. I would say first to find your goals to figure out your online presence. But I would say for the majority of folks having uh, social media accounts on the big platforms, so Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, depending on, on who you are, and, and TikTok, I think is huge. Um, but Twitter is probably the most important because of how great it ranks for SEO. So Right. And there's a lot of uh, people posting on a regular basis on there. TikTok is great, but it's full of a lot of craziness too, right? So how do you leverage? They yeah, they all are. But you know, in, in TikTok in particular, there's a lot of it's video, right? So I mean, you're, you're getting a lot of people um, posting a lot of crazy stuff. Twitter's more like people's uh, quick thoughts, because you only get a couple, you know, 140 characters or less. So how do you leverage TikTok's video platform when the majority of it is lip syncing and dancing and, and jokes and things like that? Yeah, a common misconception is that TikTok is just for kids, right? That the whole audience is just kids, but it's actually uh, really expanded, especially over the past year and a half. Um, there are segments, their, their algorithm personally, I think is the best of the social media platforms where mine is so catered to me. They understand my sense of humor. They understand the kind of debates and things that I like to see. I have no dancing videos on my timeline or on my feed. Um, it, it's a thing of, you know, the more you use it, the more tailored it is to you. So if you're looking to get seen on TikTok, you should define your audience well. And what I, why I recommend TikTok and why I love TikTok so much is that there's a great organic audience on there that they show you on the For You page, no matter who you are, you can be brand new, you will get shown on there. Whereas Facebook, you have to pay to get seen by anybody. Um, you know, I went from getting no views on my videos on like YouTube to now I get three to 4 million views a month on TikTok, not because I'm doing anything different, just because I know my audience. I tell TikTok who my audience is. I don't pay them a dime. They just show it to that audience because that's how their, how their algorithm works. Yeah. That is one of the best parts of it. I noticed too, I was posting just regular videos and getting views and saying, wow, people actually like my stuff. And then as you start realizing which content gets the most views, you start kind of going towards that direction. Like, okay, I'm going to start really targeting this topic because it seems to be the hottest one. And that's going off what you said of knowing your audience. How do you figure out who your audience is? So a lot of people say, oh, I'm just going to target everybody because everybody's going to like my product or my service. But how do you actually pinpoint that specific target? Yeah, the people who say everybody, I think they're they're missing out a little bit because I don't think they're, they're, they want the kids who are dancing. If they do, you know, if they have a toy, great. But 
Um, you know, for example, I have a, a natural healing practitioner who's a client of mine. So he sells uh, supplements, vitamin C's, vitamins, things like that. And he said that same thing to me. He said, oh, I want to target everybody. Really? Do you want the 12 year old on TikTok? Do you think they're going to want to take vitamin C supplements? No, maybe target their moms. Uh, and you could come up with different segments as well. And then you could cater those, your videos to those segments. So in his case, you know, we have one segment, it's 35 to 55 year old women. And there are certain videos that appeal more to them. So he creates for them. He has another segment that is athletes. So, you know, uh, individuals between the ages of like 25 and 45 who have an interest in, and we put in various types of sports and athletics, we gear towards them. So um, I think it's more so thinking about who you definitely don't want to reach out to because some of them, it's just a waste of money. If a 10 year old sees an ad, they don't have a credit card. Uh, if they get hold of their parents' credit card, they're going to get a refund. Right. Um, <laughs> so charge it's about knowing who, who is not your audience and then figuring out who your best audience is and segmenting towards them. Yeah. And I think things have changed a lot in the past five, 10 years where, whereas when I was running tech startups in the past, it was all about analyzing your data through Google analytics or whatnot, or creating your own data sets using spreadsheets on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And nowadays, I mean, as, as far as I can tell, that part of it has gotten much easier because a lot of these platforms offer dashboards that give you a lot of analytics. And whereas you didn't have that back then. Now, where it's gotten more difficult, right, is is this oversaturation of, like, say you're selling supplements, like you mentioned. How many people are selling supplements? Everyone and their grandparents. So how do you navigate through the saturation of a certain market? Let's say you're selling beauty supplies or T-shirts or any anything, maybe a service that you're offering. How do you navigate through that saturation? How do you stand out? Yeah, I think that's another reason why I love TikTok. People can actually see you. You know, on, on Twitter, you're just reading somebody's words. And if you're a great writer, great. You're going to reach people. But on TikTok, you have to be authentic and let people fall for you and give them value. So the people on TikTok who are just, you know, showing bottles and saying, hey, you know, purchase this vitamin C nobody, they're going to get 10 views. But if they're saying, you know, hey, here's a story about the time that uh, I was stuck in the house for a, a month and I couldn't get any sun and I was feeling sickly, that's going to, you know, people are going to be able to relate to it and they're going to act and they're not going to feel like they're being sold to. They're going to feel for the person telling the story. They're going to feel the story and then they're going to want to do that action. So, so you, so you uh, think people should be in storyteller mode on TikTok or any other platform to try to relate to people and, and, and kind of tug at their heartstrings sometimes maybe and tell them, look, I'm going through this. Maybe you are too. So buy my product. Do you think they have to also create a character for this? Like, because I've kind of noticed that just personally, my persona has changed on TikTok where I'm not really me. I'm just I'm a character almost it's because I'm not I'm not myself anymore. I'm, I'm just somebody else. I mean, you think that's kind of what people should be doing, too? Um, they they could. So I think storyteller is one way to do it. There are a bunch of different ways. I mean, I know some people, they do skits. Uh, I, I know lawyers who there's one lawyer. He goes viral all the time and he'll just be in his office and I'll do kind of like silly things um I, I can't think of a great example right now but it's not storyteller he's just doing things that grab your attention but still he's educating you about the law he has a big whiteboard behind him he writes uh different lessons and things on there so um i i think persona's great maybe even less than that is is thinking of how to grab people's attention so i i'm kind of the same way though you know, I have different series. So in one series, I act very, you know, professional and just giving marketing advice to people. In another series, I'm very silly. I, I make jokes about different products and, um, you know, kind of 
do a satirical uh, take on some of these people who complain about bad products and stuff. So that's a persona. Um, yeah. But I Com- label comedy it like seems that so huge know. on there. Hmm. I noticed comedy comedy seems huge on there. Like oh, if you can is. make people if you can make people laugh, then that's how people. At least that's what I've noticed. Yeah. So let's say people don't want to use TikTok or they don't know how to use it or whatever. They're just, I don't want to use TikTok, right? Because there's people out there that just don't get it. They're used to the Instagram and the Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. How do you get your online presence out there besides social media? Like what other, what are the most important top three things to do, for example, if you're trying to get your online presence out there? Yeah, well, I do think social media is important part of anything. So what I focus on is 360 marketing, and that includes ads, SEO, PR, and social media. And all of those things go hand in hand. So if you want to focus on PR, let's say you want to get onto, you know, entrepreneur.com and you want to be on a bunch of podcasts and stuff to do so a lot of the time you do need social, the podcast hosts want to see that you're going to share the episode. Entrepreneur wants to look and see, uh, you know, how many followers you have before they grant you the right to be on their website. So, uh, and then of course, when you do have an article or something come out, you want your audience to know about it. So social media is an important part of any kind of marketing that you do. Same thing with blogging. So blogging is great for SEO, but you want to share it on social. You want to point your blog to your social. Um, With ads, if you put an ad and you don't have any social media posts up, people go, oh, is this company legitimate? Like that happens to me. I saw camping gear. I thought, oh, this is really cool. It was an ad for it. And then I went to their Facebook page. I saw they didn't have a single post. I said, I don't know if this is a legitimate page. They could have been. I don't know though because I saw it was like a ghost town on there. So um, all of those things, PR, SEO, and ads are great, and they're alternatives to social, but I would not recommend doing them without doing social. I agree 100%. And most entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, people that want to be entrepreneurs, they are intimidated, right? They're afraid because they may not be good at social media, and they're not exactly sure how to use it, how to leverage it, how to, how to properly make sure all of your pages are consistent, the brand is, is obvious, and all that kind of stuff. So again, I keep going back to this, but most of my listeners are, are people who are not entrepreneurs. They want to be, or they just kind of started out and they're, they're trying to start a new business or they have a full-time job, they're married, they have kids, and they're like, I want to try this new idea. So you know, when you say SEO and PR and social media and blogging, like you're, you're scaring everybody off, right? I am too. How do we not scare them? How do we make them feel better about this? How do we tell them, look, you can do this. It's not going to be that difficult. What's like the, the four-year-old version of this? If you told a four-year-old, okay, okay, Mr. Little, little boy or little girl, I'm going to help you do this. What would you say to them to get started? Yeah, well, I teach classes for the uh, Small Business Small Business Association, and that is actually how I start my SEO courses. I, I say, you know, there's a lot of jargon. There are a lot of people trying to scare you with all these big terms, but really, SEO is just imagine you want pizza, and what do you do? The first thing you do is you Google pizza places near me. That's all SEO is. So you already know what SEO is. It's just who, how do those pizza places get ranked? Who, you know, you're really you're only going to order like one of the first five things that comes up. How do those five places come up? That's SEO. And the way that they get there is through posting on their website regularly, updating their their blog with those keywords. Uh, you know, so I'm in Morganville, New Jersey. If I'm a pizza place, I want to put pizza in Morganville, New Jersey on my website and post a few blog articles that have those keywords. So when people search it, they're going to find me. So that's really all, all we're talking about. Just the, And there are many ways to rank your SEO. You, there's also 
backlinks that is a buzzword or you know you probably hear a lot it's just getting an article links on, on other articles website yeah to link back to to you so that when people do search the terms that they use to find you and what you do they'll find you one of the tricks that i, I mentioned to people based on what you're saying backlinking but also including links to articles you liked for the topic that you are talking about. Like, so we'll go through, you know, food because you're talking about pizza, which by the way, you don't get pizza in New York. I'm surprised. Um, so, cause isn't Morganville close to New York? I'm thinking, right. It, it's, you know, it's, but they would have to go by train. It'd be very expensive to get pizza from New York. Maybe it's not worth it. Train would be a whole thing. <laughs> right. So the backlinking and posting keywords on food, then you would find like a food blogger or a, a journalist that wrote an article about the top five food restaurants to eat at or whatever. And then you mention them on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and all these other uh, social networks to say, say, hey, I loved your article about food. And now come check out this article I included you in. And that's kind of how you can start relationships with with journalists or bloggers. So that's another step that I, I tell people. So if people want to learn more about what it is you do or if they want to take a course that you have or maybe a book you wrote or whatnot, where would they, people go to, to do that? I mean, if you search Marissa Schwartz or Dr. Rissy anywhere, it's Marissa with an O. I'm on social media everywhere at that name. But the easiest way, and I have my services, my courses, my books, everything's there, is drrissy.com. My nickname is Dr. Rissy, so that's D-R-R-I-S-S-Y. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show today. I'm sure this was really uh, enlightening for people listening. And uh, everyone check out drrissy.com to learn more about Marissa. And uh, thanks for coming. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. And we'll see everybody in next week's episode. Thanks for listening. If you learned something in today's episode, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org. Don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, on Amazon. And if you want to dive even deeper into the world of entrepreneurship, I suggest you sign up for my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy.com. Also, you can support this podcast by leaving me a positive review and also by visiting Patreon.com slash Strap on Your Boots to become a member and get bonus material. See you in next week's episode.